Hey everyone, this is Eric. Um, this episode that you're about to hear was recorded for my other podcast that I'd started, uh, the podcast on Haunted Hill, or excuse me, the podcast from Haunted Hill. Um, I had my boy Crumbs come on and we discussed the uh, 2009 remake of Friday the 13th. Since next Friday is in fact Friday the 13th. I brought you guys, I brought it over to this show as well just so you guys can get a taste of what it's like and i'll probably do that you know with, with some of the the horror themed episodes that i was supposed to do for this show um, i'll bring a couple of episodes over from you know the podcast on podcast from haunted hill um so yeah this is the first episode and i really hope you guys enjoy it There we go. All right, folks. Welcome to the podcast from Haunted Hill. This is the very first episode that I've done for this show that didn't come from Legendary Geek Out. And I'm joined by Crumbs, who joined me on my Idle Hand show, which everybody seems to have loved that one. So I, 2020 has just sucked. And Halloween was the straw that broke the camel's back. There was no trick-or-treating. There was absolutely no costumes really being done anything. We we had no fucking horror movies come out this Halloween. It's fuck. It was stagnant. It was a stagnant Halloween, and what a waste because it was like a full moon, like the last right? time. It was what a, a waste. full moon on a Saturday night. On a Saturday night, it should have been complete chaos and total eerie pandemonium, and instead, nothing. Radio silence, dude. It did fucking sucked, and so. I made uh, the 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 full idea to just go ahead and start a legitimate just horror podcast from video games to movie reviews, which is what we're going to do tonight. Uh, horror TV shows and just you know maybe ghost stories and folklores and stuff like that from you know like me and me and Chris did mm-hmm. on that one mm-hmm. episode, uh, and the, I could say. That the idea was put in my head after Halloween that this would be a good idea for a first episode, considering with the last day of October falling on a Saturday, that means that we get a certain special something in November. This episode is going to be talking about the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th, as Friday the 13th at the time of this recording is exactly one week away. Nice. I fucking had to do it, man, because honestly, (laughs) uh, you know, the spoiler free review for this movie is uh, anybody who hasn't watched it. I, I can honestly say that this movie, uh, and I'm pretty sure later on in other episodes, I'll discuss about my feelings about remakes and stuff like that. This was actually a really fucking good remake. And I remember me and my wife, dated off and on you know since high school you know we'd you know go a couple years we'd date and then go a couple years well the last time that we got back together was actually 
the uh, the first date that we had was opening weekend of this movie, and this was okay. the movie that we went to go see. And I remember sitting there, and the movie looked incredible, honestly, even in the trailers. But then, in like the span of what 20, 20 minutes. We thought that they were just like killing literally everybody, and the movie was over. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> "Wait, where, where's the rest of it?" And then you know, Friday Thirteenth popped up. I'm like, "Are you fucking serious? It's over already?" And then like the actual movie started. And I was oh. like, "Okay, okay, now I'm good." Yeah, this was this this movie was in a during the time where me and a and a friend since high school. We were we were living in New Brunswick. He was still going to college, and uh, we 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 made it a point to go see him. Like, let's we're like let's be movie people. Let's let's be those guys who go to a movie at least like once a month and check out something new. And this movie came out in that era that I was doing that, and I said, "Well, let's go check this out." And we both had our oh stupid, you know. How many remakes they're gonna make? You know, blah, 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 blah. Why do they gotta remake it when they just could add another one to the collection of you know Friday Thirteenth franchise films? And we walked out of there like, huh? Oh, I'm so bad, was it? <laughs> well, see, as far as I'm concerned, any of the Friday Thirteenth movies is better. And Chris Rimmer found out about this a couple months ago than Jason X. Oh. I saw that in the theater as well. Oh, you wasted so much fucking money, dude. Jason goes to spend. No, I did not waste any money because I go at the time I go to a theater that was predominantly black and they are the most fun theaters to be at when you're watching a cheesy horror film because the dudes are laughing because they're trying to scare their girl. The girls are screaming and smacking their guys and everybody's hooting and hollering and having a great time. And that was the only way to see that movie because I remember having a lot of fun seeing that film. And I was like, Oh, it wasn't so bad. It was cheesy as hell, but I had, I had a good time. And then when it came out on DVD, I had to have it for my collection. So I watched it and I went, the hell is this piece of shit? This is <laughs> theater. <laughs> Oh, Jason man. goes. To, I, it's like you almost forget because, like, we were so focused on at like <clears throat> with Jason X, we were so focused on like the the little Easter eggs, you know, all the little yeah. little parts that that were were throwbacks and and nods, and <clears throat> like I said, you can have fun with it, but you have to be in a certain environment, and the, that particular time and place. And that particular theater, surrounded by people who were just there to have a good time, no matter what, like no matter how bad that they, everybody knew going into that theater that this is going to be a pile of shit, and we're going to do anything in our power to make it absolutely hilarious and a lot of fun, and that's what ended up happening. So, I have to say, my movie going experience was well worth the money. The DVD <laughs> that I purchased after the fact could not have been the same movie that I saw in the theater. <laughs> but yeah, incidentally, I, it was. <laughs> I have learned that sometimes the crowd in a in a horror movie going to the theater, depending on the movie that you're watching, like if it's one of, like, let's say, let's say Halloween Kills, when it comes out, I'm going to hope that the theater is damn near empty when I go to watch this, because I right. want to focus on the movie. Mm-hmm. But 
then you have movies like Drag Me to Hell. It was still a good movie, but the crowd made that shit even fucking funnier to me. Mm-hmm. See, but then you like you, you gotta. <clears throat> it's such a weird dynamic because like if you know you're gonna go see a bad movie and it's gonna be bad, but you want to see it anyway, like. The movie theater that I had mentioned before, that was the place to go for that. Then there was like another one that used to have like smaller showings and it was an older theater with smaller, <clears throat> smaller seating. So if you wanted to go see a movie that you really wanted to be around other horror buffs, that was the place to go. And then there was a couple other off the beaten path movie theaters that didn't fill up very much. And that was where you went when you wanted to just be by yourself and watch a movie, you know? Yeah. So, but fortunately, I had I had all those things within a very short driving distance from me. So, not it worked out for you. Yeah, not now, but (laughs) because you can't go to the theater. No, ours ours are shut down too. And quite frankly, I'm actually uh, I actually don't mind. I already didn't go to the movies very often. Um, I would typically. Yeah, it's overpriced, man. I understand that people like pay for the experience of the big screen and all that but my tv's pretty damn decent size for movies and you turn the lights out and get some popcorn you're fucking good to go um and that's sometimes what me and my wife will do we'll just sit there we'll put on a movie and we sit on the couch and eat some popcorn yep throw a bag in the microwave boom it's a whole lot cheaper you get what six bags for you get six bags of warville riddenbacher (laughs) movie theater butter popcorn cheap like cheaper than a fucking small bag from the theater right and you could have all the soda that you want well we don't drink soda here but you could have all the beverage that you want oh, no. Fuck <laughs> that. if i ain't got dr pepper in the house then it's not right we see we don't we don't have dr pepper is our is our soda of choice between me and my wife but we can't have soda in the house because we'll get a glass each and be like, man, I'm, it's nice to have soda once in a while. And then you'll go in there like a day later to get a glass of soda. And the kids already drank like the, the rest of the two liter bottle and the, the two liter bottle that you hid. So you, you had some the next day because you knew he was going to drink the rest of the first one. So <laughs> you guys need to work on your hiding skills. Uh, well, <laughs> we thought we were pretty good. Kids of Snoop. <laughs> Kids will be kids, man. I got a high Christmas present at a friend's house. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, we have a thing. Like, we, let's see, we get Christmas shopping done, and one of us will go to my mom's house because uh, my parents live here in town. So we'll go over there. We'll wrap the stuff there and then bring it home and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nice try. But, this movie had a pretty good cast too. Uh, I mean, I wasn't expecting to see, and you know, it's got people that a lot of shit, a lot of people in our uh, geekdom would know about, like Jared Padalecki, uh, Supernatural, Sam Winchester. Yep. Uh, you also had uh, how do you say that? Danielle Panbaker, Panabaker. Mm-hmm. That's we'll how you say it. Pa- Panda maker. Panda maker. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. <laughs> I don't want to butcher names. Well, I'm the wrong. Pan- guess. Panda Baker, Danielle Panda Baker, and everyone knows her from The Flash as Killer Frost. I have and her pop. 
<laughs> and uh, Willa Ford, 90s rock star that apparently never ages. <laughs> Willa Ford. What was she? Who was she? I don't even know. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, she. I won't say it because we'll get to that point, but I will say that she was the one that was wakeboarding. Ah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that one. Gotcha. But, you know, the movie opens up, and it, 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 this is where it gets kind of oh, cool. And you can't forget Derek Mears. Derek Mears. Derek Mears is Jason. Yeah, good honestly, old. he was good, but Kane Hodder owns that still to me uh, for yeah dude, you can't even you can't even touch that like kane is jason he, the only thing that this that that you know Derek made better as far as being jason goes that made him made his jason scarier than uh kane hotters was the running oh yeah 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 in the in the the coal mine looking no just like in general like he ran a lot and the fact that you know when you watch him run it is the most terrifying fucking thing in the world i mean he's already like built like a brick shit house right well i was gonna say i think as far as as i would say the 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 biggest plus to Derek mears is the, his sheer size because he's a bigger he's a bigger taller dude than yeah Kane's, Kane's a big dude but he's not very tall like not like Derek Mears tall, so no Derek Derek Mears is like he towers. Yeah, and so just having that extra size comparatively was, I think that kind of did it for me as well. And you know, getting into it, I mean, as you probably mentioned right off the bat that this movie, as we mentioned before we got started, pays homage to literally the first three movies in one movie. You open okay. up the movie and. uh you've got the very end of the original Friday the 13th done modern, like with modern people. And, you know, you got one of the counselors squaring off against uh, Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, it opens up. She's running through the, through the woods and heading towards, I guess what would be towards the lake. And it has, did you notice, okay. Did you notice that the, the person who played Pamela Voorhees when her head was laying on the ground looked like Michael Myers mask. I did notice something like that. Like <laughs> I had made that joke and I was just like, it's just this pale yeah. type, the pale type lip, you know, figure or, or head on the ground. And I was like, was it supposed to do that? Or did the, the, the camera angle just totally. I, make think, it I think it was the camera angle and the fact that it was all shot in black and white. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I don't know. I still, I couldn't get over her delivery. Like the woman that played her in this one, her delivery of kill for mother was like, that was fucking good. Yeah. Cause you know, certain, certain lines in certain horror movies, they can only be done a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, take pet cemetery for instance, which will probably be talked about sometime later on down the line uh, on this show. If someone, if enough people request it, because honestly, being a dad, that movie, I'll do the original, but the remake sucked. And this line, 
was done so much better in the original than it was when uh, Lithgow delivered it in the remake, which was sometimes dead is better. The way that the old man said it in the first one, like the original. Fred, you, Fred Wynn. Yeah, you can't fucking, like, oh. you can't outdo that. Nope. I mean, he had the he had the twang just right, and he sometimes dead is better. You and, know, and, like <laughs> then yeah, here comes John Lithgow. Well, sometimes dead is better. Like, no, you don't fucking just drop that line like it's a nonchalant thing. That's the biggest line in the whole fucking movie. And that's the other thing too, because John Lithgow is awesome. I love John Lithgow, and he, but he has disappointed me in this movie. Capability of making that delivery and doing it well, and whatever for whatever reason it didn't happen, whether it was John Lithgow that didn't do it or the direction that he took caused him not to do it. But yes, you're. I as soon as you started saying, it, I was like, I know exactly where he's going with this, and you can't touch Fred Gwynn in that role. That was the pinnacle, and that line delivery was perfect. Or at least you know, for us, it was. That's that's what we expect, and we did not get that. And there's a lot of other things that are wrong with that movie that we will probably discuss sometime in the f- near future. Yeah, when that, movie, <laughs> when that movie gets brought up, God damn it, I'm not looking forward to that. That whole fucking remake was a pile of garbage. Yeah, it was a hot dumpster fire. Yeah, they were, dude. They were all they were trying to do was make it like make a pet cemetery version of it. And I'm sorry with what they did with it. There was no fucking chance of them ever no. topping that with pet cemetery. No. 100% agree. 100% agree. But <laughs> then you fast forward after, you know, they kill for mother after, you know, Mrs. Voorhees has her head cut off. Uh, and Jason finds the body and all that. Um, a bunch of friends. Dumbass friends hiking in the woods, and you think it's just like a friendly outing and stuff, and then you find out later that two of them are on the hunt for a uh, a crop that someone was growing in the forest by the lake, and it was massive amounts of weed. I'm sitting there like, they're about to get fucking loaded if they survive this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if I, I I was sitting there saying to myself, I was like, man, I don't smoke, but I would sell the shit out of it. Oh hell yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, they're all sitting around, and when they when they set up camp, they mention the fact that there was an old abandoned camp, and uh, one of the guys basically tells the story of what happened to Mrs. Voorhees, and yeah, you know, then somehow, uh her son was still alive. So, you know, Jason, obviously, well, we saw Jason as a kid for a split second. Yeah. Uh, right before the kill for mother line. And then, you know, so fast forward to all this time and the guy realized that he could find the weed. So he goes off and the, uh, <laughs> the other two, the boyfriend and girlfriend had already gone for a hike and, stumbled across the camp while the other boyfriend and girlfriend were fucking in the tent fucking in the tent and they kept making they kept thinking like hearing the noise and they thought that it was was name wade i think is what it was yeah but wade 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 was the first jason kill that we saw in the uh in the movie because you just see the machete coming down on him while he's like falling in love with his his new crop oh dude no well yeah uh yeah he was falling in love with the crop and then he turned around and saw jason 
it freaked out for a second, and then you see the machete come down, and then it pans over to them fucking in the tent. <laughs> Which clearly, you, yeah, clearly, it's not something that you do when you're in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Granted, that is a big no no. You're you're not safe either way, but that just guarantees that there's no chance for you whatsoever. Oh no, yeah, you're you're pretty much signing your own death warrant that you're the next one to go. It's final destination, and you're picking the order in which you die. Exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, the band that does the theme song, the the band that I I got the theme song, I got permission for them by Blood Sucking Zombies from Outer Space. Uh, check them out. Uh, but they have a song called Camp Crystal Lake, and they—I never thought about it, but but Jason—they they said it in the song, and Jason is basically a, a, a homicidal moralist. <laughs> well, no drinking, no smoking, no fucking. You do that, you're signing huh. your death warrant. Yeah, there you go, a homicidal moralist. I like it. I, I got behind that. I um, could, I could definitely get behind that. <laughs> now did uh so wait 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 hold on hold on now if you got jason high like if he just blew a bunch of freaking smoke in his face like like people do with their dogs and shit would would he no longer be able to because or would he like just like kill himself and be like that's it i i'm i'm not pure anymore with my half you gotta over Eyeball. You got to be able to actually get to the point where you can smoke in his face in order for him to actually get buzzed before well, he kills die. you. You're going to die if you're that close anyway. But like, like, what if it was like a, you know, like somebody who's like ripping a bong hit and like he comes up and like stabs him and he just un, like, <sighs> and then he's like, oh shit, man, now I'm fucking high. This sucks. Let him break into the fucking mystery machine when Shaggy and Scooby are just in there blazing out and the fucking clouds just hit him. Oh, yeah, Shaggy and Scooby are dead, but uh, Jason's pretty fucking wasted right now. <laughs> Scarfing down some Scooby snacks, you know? <laughs> but I was just curious. Yeah, I'm just saying. The, the boyfriend decides that he thinks that Wade's fucking with him and he keeps making a joke about the fact you better not be out there jerking off. So, yeah, he <laughs> he goes hunting for him. No, it's funny. Well, the the part from that is like, you know, they're you see the silhouette of them like banging in the tent, right? And, they hear the, <laughs> and the girl like turns around. She's like, she's like, you know, tell him to stop. And he's like, if you're jerking off out there, you know, it's not cool. And then like, you know, and they're they're doggy style. So he's like on top of her, and she's like turned back to him, and he's like, okay. And she's like, no, not okay. He's like. All right, she's like, "No, get out there!" And what he's, I'm not going out there with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, I forgot about that line. So that, I watched, I watched I it two nights ago. Right. Well, I had to, I had to throw that in there because that was pretty. And she's like, "Well, you're not getting any unless you do." So, of it, course, with the promise of Nookie, he goes out there to his certain death. I think anybody would, honestly. It's and like probably. But he ends up stumbling across the weed the weed plant, and uh, Wade's ear with his headphones still in place, and then he finds <laughs> Wade's corpse and immediately like takes off. Uh, right. And this, is, and this is one of my favorite parts here. So go ahead. Meanwhile, the girl is still back at the tent. She like peeks out and 
realizes that no one's there, but she still hears the noise. So she gets back in the tent. Then you see that big fucking cock diesel shadow and the machete, which I watched. I had to rewind it a couple times because I know it was all CGI with the, the knife swipe and everything, the machete being swiped down and everything and her being right there. But technically, where she was sitting when the machete immediately just ripped right through that tent, it should have taken her fucking arm off. Right. Or at least would have gouged her, her, her back pretty good. But you know? I'm, I'm imagining that you're talking about the scene immediately following this when the boyfriend yes. makes it back to camp. When he starts towards, yeah, the tent. The tent, the tent's completely torn. However, Jason's iconic sleeping bag kill is going on at this very moment where he has the sleeping bag tied up over a tree branch over the fire, slowly cooking this chick while she's inside this fucking sleeping bag. Yes. Oh, while best he shit. gets snagged in a bear trap. Yep. Best shit ever. And, oh, dude. and the intensity, like the intensity, like, like I said, this is a, this is a remake. It's, it's 2009. Right. And they have the capabilities of making these scenes awesome. And this particular scene they made awesome because the intensity of seeing that sleeping bag, like dangling, like a look, like a, a, a worm on a hook over, a, over like this blazing campfire and just watching it just struggle. And she's screaming and then he's trying to help her and he gets caught in the bear trap and he can't go anywhere. And they and keep just, showing bone just like be uh, the skin being ripped off of the bone and it's just like god damn they and did then not hold back then they'll but then then they pan over and they pan over to the girl in the sleeping bag but they'll show her inside the sleeping bag like screaming and, and then cooking. they'll pan, yeah and then they'll pan out and you'll just see the sleeping bag like like worm on a hook and it's it's awesome it's like now, it's one of my favorite things ever now while they're doing this we go back to the other couple who are at the camp, they have stumbled across the the cabin that Jason sleeps at, if he does sleep at all. And they end up finding the shrine for Jason's mother. And they find that her head. They did not, that, that, that was fucking great. I love every time they do anything with Mrs. Voorhees' head. It's always actually kind of fucking creepy, but in a good way. Yeah. Because that's what you would expect it to look like, like a dried fucking raisin. <laughs> but then you had some of the best reactions when the door slammed and, you know, he gets down. I just knew right then and there when he put his head down on that fucking floor and uh, looked underneath the door there, all of a sudden the shadow's not there anymore. I just knew that machete was going to come up. But I thought it was going to like pierce right through his fucking head. Boink. His reaction was like pretty much a solid, like legit reaction to the like, holy fuck. Uh, yeah, like because, because yeah, you see that coming at you, and, and and he's doing that, like that crab walk scramble backwards, and you just see that machete coming up from the floorboard. It's pretty about cool. took his fucking dick and balls off almost, dude. But, but honestly, this scene had some like when it comes to horror, I don't get like cringed over like graphic violence because i know it comes i'm not i don't think that more gore necessarily makes for a scarier movie but when you're watching a slasher flick you kind of expect it Mm -hmm. and honestly when i say i don't cringe very much normally if it's like a stab to the chest or to the head or whatever i could take that 
<laughs> but to watch the machete come up and slice through his calf, go through his foot, and then go through his hand. I don't know why. That shit made me fucking hurt so bad. And, ah. And, <laughs> you know, then he ends up getting pulled down into the fucking... This chick is hiding in a bathtub of, like, stagnant water. Right. Yeah, but well, like to to what you were saying though, to credit that, like can you imagine, like because you you see it, you see it in every slasher film. Somebody gets their neck throat, their or their throat cut. They get stabbed through the chest. You see it coming out. You see it come out the back. Whatever. We're we're used to that, but to see the machete come up and through his foot. Now here's the thing. Psychologically, you're sitting there going, "Well, now how the hell is he going to run away from that? He just had." He got stabbed in the foot, and we've all stepped on Legos, and we know how much that shit hurts. Can you imagine getting stabbed? I still the foot? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If 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 a stupid little piece of of plastic is going to cause you that much grief, please, I could only imagine, go like, through your foot, like all the way right. through. Right. So, so, so to your credit, yes, absolutely. Something there's something very cringeworthy about like your hands and your feet. Like, cause you use them all the time, or like when when you see the uh, the worst is when you see them slice like the Achilles tendon. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jesus! Urban <laughs> legend, urban legend comes to mind with that one, man. When the fucking uh, the dean of the college like has the killer hiding out, and just slices his fucking Achilles tendon. Mm 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 mm. Every time I see that, I can I can take a lot of things. That's the one thing where every time it gets me, and my wife too, we'll both look at each other like, oh. I mean, hell, like, even Pet Cemetery, the original Pet Cemetery. Well, we uh, yeah, uh, yeah, With the right mm. when mm-hmm. when when Gabe was sitting <laughs> underneath the bed. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ. But <laughs> you know, then the girl takes off running back to their camp. And when she gets there, she gets there just in time to see the fucking smoking out burnt corpse fall out of the sleeping bag. Then she goes over to try to help uh, douchebag out of the bear out trap, of the dude. bear trap. That didn't work at all because. And this is the thing. This is where we get campy. And I loved every time that they did any form of a headshot, like they did with this, where Jason runs up behind it, like plants the machete right in his brain. The facial expressions immediately showing that they went brain dead make this shit so goddamn funny and we had quite a few of them that were just i I, I, I chuckled a little bit and you know then you know she freaks out starts backing away and you see jay all you see is jason charge at her and then wheel back and bring that machete down and then it cuts to the title screen and this is where we meet the real cast of the movie for the remainder for the remainder of the movie but that was the thing you know you see like <laughs> we we got three sections with that and and right there you got one and that second section that we just talked about was pretty much two right because at this point jason has two is still action. going on well I'm, I'm just saying like you have two here right because he's got the sack mask right yeah and then, yeah and then the third, the third act, so to speak, which is like an, the movie's what an hour and fifty some minutes long. Yeah, I think that's about after about an hour. Like, it's like it's like so I thought it was like forty minutes, but I could be wrong. But yeah, it's it's like a little less than half the movie. You have that, and then you have the rest of it, and that and that encompasses the rest of their storytelling of two to three, and uh, 
like I said, you know, Jason still has the sack over his head for all this. So just to give anybody who hasn't seen it the remake, the visual, we're yeah. we're dealing with we're dealing with sack mask Jason Jason. Well, at, good at this moment. Steve Dash Jason. <laughs> but you know, you meet the you meet the new cast and you know what I I can't think of any I know his I know his real name is uh Travis Von Winkle, but every time I saw him, anytime is I saw re- Trent Is he related to Vanilla Ice? Could possibly. I don't know. He did kind of favor him <laughs> a little bit, but he also favored Logan Paul. Right. And <laughs> he, he was scum fucking of the earth, dude. Oh my oh, fucking. I wanted him to die. Everybody, like that, right from the beginning, you're like, I hope he's the first one who gets it. And unfortunately, no, he wasn't. But he gets pretty savage, too. Yes, but he's he's like the quintessential rich kid jerk off who thinks he knows everything and thinks he's got everything. And Daddy push- has money, so I get what I want. But yeah, but when push comes to shove, he uh, he's just a screaming little girl. <laughs> but uh, he, you have him, his girlfriend, who's played by uh, Daniel Pan Baker, Panna Baker, uh, Jen, Jenna, Gemma. Gemma. I think Gemma. It was Gemma. And then you've got the other couple, which was uh, Whitney and. Oh, fuck. What's his name? Nolan. Uh, then you had the other girl, Bree, who was just along for the ride. Chewy, which was Chewy and Lawrence were my fucking favorite parts of them. That whole crew, they were the best fucking parts because I love because the, those are the most relatable ones. Those are the guys that you would be that if they were real, those are the guys you'd be hanging out with, not and, the other one. And I love the fact that they broke they they broke a little bit of some rules, like <laughs> the black guy was calling out racial stereotypes, right? And, the Asian guy, who is usually the smart one in the group, was, was a the total stoner. Total. He was the fucking like burnout of the group, right? And and <laughs> and the, the the best call out though was when you know he's he's looking for a signal and he's like, oh, there's no signal. He goes, I'm trying to start up my label, and the oh yeah, the, the girl goes, oh, what is it? Rap? She's like. Why do you got to be like that? Why is the black guy got to be into rap? He goes, just because I'm black, I can't listen to Green Day. She goes, I'm <laughs> and he goes like right in her face, rap, and starts laughing and walking away. <laughs> no, the first one that came to mind was when they got to the gas station right before we meet Clay. Right, uh, right. It was when he's like, Trent was just like, hey, you mind pumping the gas for me? Yo, man, that looks bad on you. You want to ask the <laughs> only black man to do work for you? I was like, all right, I'm going to like this dude. This dude is pretty cool. <laughs> fucking the Asian guy crawling out of the back talking about some babies have more room in the uterus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> falling out of the, the, the back of the SUV. But that was his little spot. That was his little hobby hole, hobbit hole. And, and, you know, Trent already came off as kind of a douche, but he really became ultra douche in the store when they met Clay. Clay who uh, the girl from the beginning, the last girl that you saw Jason running towards, uh, Clay is her brother, 
Whitney, yes. Whitney. Clay is her brother, who's played by Jared Padalecki. And he's just trying to post up notes, like, like missing posters at, uh, at that little store. And so he's talking to the guy who's working the register or whatever. And apparently Trent gets impatient and starts, you know. Hey, um, there. You all right, man? I love the part is it's like you've been up here jabbering for like 45 minutes, man. Some of us have stuff we got to do. And he right. just like kind of moves out of the way. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm the asshole. Like he just kind of like calls him out like every chance he gets. Yeah. You, we can't be bros. I'm not your bro. I'm like, yes. Cause honestly, like, I know I use the, I know I say bro, but I really only say bro to people that I'm actually like really close with. Like I'll say right. it to you, Chris, Joey, you know, TPG represent, but, uh, you know, I won't say it to like the guys I work with. Cause yeah. Yeah. Where, where I work, bro is like the, it's just the term, so everybody at work throws that out there. But technically, we're union brothers, so I guess it works. I don't know. Well, technically, <laughs> we are too, but that's fair. That's for another discussion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so they end up like parting their separate ways or whatever. And I love the fact that Clay managed to slip a missing poster on the back of this guy's. Fancy oh, yeah. ass Escalade. And, you know, you meet the cop who tries to tell him, you know, we've done everything that we can. Just try another area. Like, he was trying to get rid of Clay. He was trying to get rid of him, but he wasn't like, you know, it wasn't he like... He wasn't a dick about it. He wasn't the quintessential cop in these kind of movies. He was like, listen, we've done everything. Like, just like laid it out there. Like, we, we, we investigated. We did everything we could. We found nothing. There's nothing here. And he did, like you said, he just laid it all out for him and said, you know, there's we, uh, what more, what more on, on this case. Hmm? He said something like we put 10 year vets. On oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had they, they apparently, according to the to the officer, they had a lot of people working on this and they came up with nothing. Oh, then he like he travels on and he comes out to this house uh, where we get the first of two uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre cameos. Remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre cameos, I should say. Uh, the old woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes up to the door and she lets him know right then and there. She had sure code. She's like, oh, she ain't missing. She's dead. Uh-huh. Yeah, people don't turn that's when he gets that. the he gets the hint that something's not right about this place because she says right before she's like, "Us people around here just want to be left alone," and so does he, and that's all she said. And so he carries on. Uh, I think the next person that he comes to is the dickhead in the uh, barn. Oh yeah, yeah the the the, the yokel. Oh God. I honestly, the first time I watched this, thought that they had given Rob Deerdick a uh, small cameo. Mm-hmm. And because uh, he looked and sounded just like Rob Deerdick, like yeah, a country, like a countryfied version of Rob Deerdick. Uh, <laughs> but it, it keeps you going almost, back. Yeah. You almost opened up a bona fide can of whoop ass. 
And it's like something, it's, something I was waiting. I was waiting for him to say something out of line when he showed her the pictures. Like, have you seen her? Uh, he oh, kind of yeah. did, but he kind of didn't. He's like, Caught, yeah. it's like he's, yeah, he stopped himself. It's like, I wish I had. And they looked up at who he was dealing with. He's like, ah, maybe not. So, it, you know, they go back to the, the other cabin where all the other people are, and they're already starting to party or whatever. And Trent's just trying to get get laid. You could tell he's just trying to get laid, and he's trying to get Gemma into bed with him, and she's just wanting to go for a hike. Uh, the other guys are, you know, the, 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 the Asian and the black guy are getting drunk. And I love the fact that they had that whole monologue about the bong when he broke the bong out, talking about some, you've been cheating on me. I saw you with a bowl. <laughs> a bowl. Right. Yeah. He, the, the bong's name was Lucille. Yes. Reference there. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the other two go to the other side of the lake where the boat is and the Escalade, which is never seen again. Right. <laughs> and I think, okay, before we get to that, before they get to the lake where the boat is, we go back to the yokel who is sitting there trying to get stoned and, you know, he's licking porno mags because apparently that's what they do out there. <laughs> <laughs> But he goes upstairs and because he hears a noise coming from upstairs, so he goes upstairs and thinks he sees somebody underneath a, a curtain, pulls the curtain down, and it's actually a mannequin that apparently he's had relations with. <laughs> he's talking about how how firm she still is. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what the he's fuck? Talking, dude's like talking dirty to to a mannequin, which is. Just in itself, it's, it's 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 there's a lot of comedy that goes on right there. But he's but the the way he's saying it, he's like he's like touching it with a finger and just you know, <laughs> still and then, firm. And then of course, because he's talking dirty, moralist Jason shows up and puts an end to his life, his perverted life. Yes. <laughs> and in this little issue is when we have the sack mask removed from Jason and you get a quick, you get to see his face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, which is cool. Which was, they, they actually gave you that because in three, when he finds the, uh, the hockey mask, you don't get to see his face. No, you don't. They just remove the mask and immediately go to the hockey mask or they show you from like the neck down. And that's as far as you get, but yeah. this, we got to see it and it was only a face a mother could love. It, that is, <laughs> That is very true. It had a very, had a very Victor Crowley look to it. It, it was her special, special boy. It was. <laughs> but he finds the hockey mask in that barn. And now we've got full-blown Jason Voorhees that everybody knows to this day. Yes. Uh, then you go back to the cabin where everybody is, and Clay has managed to make his way out there before realizing that it's the same group of assholes that were at the grocery store. Or the mm -hmm. convenience store. So, uh, Trent shows up and he's being a dick about it again. So they, well, Gemma, Gemma is the one who answers the door and yes. invites, and invites him in. And and uh, he sa Clay says, you know, I don't think your boyfriend's gonna like that. He comes in and, and she brings him in anyhow. And that's when Trent comes out and the whole. 
what the fuck are you doing here exchange? And then he turns into a, you know, a total asshole all over again <laughs> to, to poor Clay. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's just like, trust me, man, you don't want me. You don't want me getting pissed off. Oh, yeah, really? Why not? Show me. Yeah. I'm like, dude, Clay is the fucking man. Yeah, he's just like, well, well, what happens then? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Gemma ends up leaving with him to help him go find his sister. And then you see the the two at the boat where he is driving the boat against Trent's wishes. Trent says, Don't Trent touch says, my fucking boat. Touch my boat. I'm the only one who drives the boat. And then uh, in the car ride down, he's like, how come as soon as he said, <laughs> don't touch his boat, it almost guaranteed that I was going to touch his boat. Like, what does that say about me? And she's like, you're a sociopath. But what does that say about me that I think that's hot? I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Who fucking wrote the fucking that's dialogue right. for these kids? Oh. Somebody, somebody who clearly hadn't been a kid in a long while. <laughs> oh no! The, the the better one comes up in just a few minutes when we get to that that point, and you, we've already talked about this off off air. But uh, while they're riding the boat, you know, she's completely topless. Because mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, you water skiing topless. Yeah, nobody ever watched a Friday the Thirteenth movie unless a. They wanted to watch nothing but cheesy goodness because that's all they ever were. Mm-hmm. Or B, like you just wanted to see boobs like the whole fucking time. Because you were going to get both. Oh, yeah, you were absolutely going to get both. And so she's water skiing or wakeboarding and she falls okay. off and he turns as he's turning the boat around. He like does that little like whoop and holler, and all of a sudden you see an arrow just go right through the back of his head, out his forehead. And, and what like, happens? What happens? What happens? He, <laughs> he does the look. He, he does, does the like, fucking look. Like that like turns, fucking horror. And does babble, the instant brain dead look. Uh. <laughs> babble and drool. So he falls onto the fucking throttle and ends up ramming into Willa Ford with the fucking boat. And she's now bleeding, and she turns around and looks at the shore, and lo and behold, she sees Jason. So, she sees Jason, not only does she see Jason, but she sees Jason pull out the fucking machete. And then, and, and then she, she decides... Towards him! Before, and, and, then, and then decides that she's going to pseudo-reason with him. What do you want from me? <laughs> Are you going to stop and ask a masked dude that's probably the size of a tree trunk (laughs) holding Yeti? What are you going to do? What do you want? I'd be like Scooby doing it across the lake. Oh, no, I'd be be walking on water, dude. (laughs) Like, there's no chance. Every time I see shit like that, it's just like, I I don't know if it's just a, a horror trope that they're paying homage to or if they're really just like like over and over again consistently think that that's something that would actually happen because I get very confused oh, by God, that. Like, that, why are you asking it questions? Just go the other way. That gives me an idea. That gives me an idea for a future episode talking about like traditional horror tropes that still go on to this day and how they should be fucking fixed. Because <laughs> not only 
stop she... being tropes. Yeah, not only was she topless, mm-hmm. but to be asking the stupid ass question instead of swimming the fuck away, she swims directly towards the dock that this motherfucker is now walking towards. Right. And then hides not... under the dock. No. You don't who which the sets fuck? up which sets up the greatest kill. Oh god. This was so fucking funny to me because like she sits there, she first off, you could hear her breathe, regardless of the fact that she's trying to hold her breath and pinch her nose and all this shit. You could hear her fucking breathe. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks he walks away and then like she lets out like a half of a sigh before you hear the fucking machete come down through the dock, stab her in the top of her head, and she doesn't look on her face again. <laughs> That's look, that's look number three. And the, the part that made this even funnier was the fact that the fucking, when he pulls his machete back up, her whole body comes with it and her head just goes thunk against the top of the dock and then just slunk like boobs sticking out of the water. All this like, okay, so we get to see her boobs one last time. And then she plunk right into the water. When he lifts the machete and her head hits the top of the dock, like, just, <laughs> Just to hear the thunk. Oh, dude, that shit was fucking like everyone's just like, but we get to see your boobs again. I'm like, dude, did you hear that fucking sound? Who cares about the boobs? But it was just high enough for her tits to come out of the water. So it was ironic. (laughs) Like, because that wasn't planned. But it was just like thunk, boobs, back down. It's it's stab, uh, brain dead look, thunk. titties (laughs) titties <laughs> slump back into the water you know it's it's it's, oh. it's it's i mean you couldn't plan it any better oh no dude it was product placement you know they lowered that dock down on purpose to that point to where it just uh, can't, like lifted her up high enough to where her boobs came out of the water and then like plunk right back down in the water Michael Bay sitting there directing, going, "All right, we're gonna have to drag the lake about three inches." All right, <laughs> you got to see that whole boob. That's just the thumb. We can't just show. Thumb. We can't. You got. You got to make sure you get nip in there. It's got to have a nip in there. But oh god. <laughs> see, okay, hold on. Before before I carry on, I I should probably say, you know, I. Don't care one way or another if boobs are in a horror movie. I'm I'm happily married, so I don't really give two shits about boobs in horror movies. I mean, if they're there, normally I don't really pay much attention to it. But for some odd reason, the fact that it, the way that it played out with this scene was just fucking hysterical. This I think whole movie, this entire <laughs> movie, was boob centric. They they really oh, yeah. went out of to make sure that you noticed the boobs whether they be mentioned or they lift out of water and are shown like perfectly only to be resubmerged you know i mean it's and now you say that (laughs) you say that it's boob centric movie we've said that dan daniel panabaker's in this and i wonder how many you know flash fans that you know are just like well do they show her boobs (laughs) okay spoiler alert no you don't. You'll be all right. Killer Frost stays covered. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't even think she swears in this movie. She called well, no, she calls someone an asshole, and I think that's about as far as it goes. I think she said more in Piranha. Yes, 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's accurate. Yeah, the 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 language in this movie wasn't wasn't too. No, it was still pretty there, but between the guys, it was pretty much there. Yeah, but I mean, for 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 what it was, it was it was mildly tame. It wasn't just f bombs being fl- thrown around all all over the place. I don't know. Whenever Trent was involved, it kind of was, but you know, Trent's just a dick. Yeah, but, but that that came from the viewer. Yeah. Trent comes on screen, you know, a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, and you know. Fast forward to the next part because it's you know it's nothing major you know uh, Clay and Gemma find camp find the camp and then find Jason bringing the bodies back to the camp. I'm just saying that camp has to fucking smell like complete and utter ass with all the corpses that are just rotting away out there. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it can't it can't it's got to smell like a, an abandoned like you know like cattle. Slaughterhouse, <laughs> and, but I, I got I have a question, but I, I'm going to wait until we get to that point. So okay, then you <laughs> get just you you know you the Clay and Gemma make it back to the house and tell everybody that uh, something somebody they just found somebody carrying a body, and all this while apparently Trent got cock blocked to the point where he's now cheating on Gemma with the other chick that was there. Oh wait. You missed you missed a very important part here, because when he goes and ditches the bodies, we find out that Whitney is still alive, chained down there. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. The girl from the very beginning of the movie that he ran up towards right at the very uh, right, right. The last person that was alive. Uh, somehow he managed to stop that massive fucking swing coming down on her. Just in time, and then apparently it plays well, back to the fact that she looks like Mrs. Voorhees did, which is which is when they found that locket, and in, in the beginning when he opened it up, it says it looks like you, and she's like, no, it doesn't, and he's like, yeah, it does, and there was that little exchange. The locket actually seems to be because that was when, you know, he sees the Jason, you know, she's screaming, Jason goes at her, not like. I, obviously not the killer, but goes at her and he sees the locket and he stops dead in his track and just kind of does that, like that, you know, mom stare that he, that he does. Yeah. So the locket, the locket in this movie is taking the place of the sweater. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was important to bring up. Yeah. I, I completely <laughs> forgot to mention the locket at the very beginning because we were talking about the complete nutter, like, porno slaughter fest that was going on we were distracted by boobs basically um <laughs> and so uh the power goes out no what did the asian guy go out to the garage for the boat okay. house for so i forgot because he broke the chair that, that oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, he, so they get so at this point they go back they they go back to the uh Clay and um uh Gemma, right? Yeah. They are had they already yeah, they explored the the thing. They No, 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 no. That's not right. Um they're not back at the house yet. They go to the house and that's when uh uh Chewy and what's what's his name? 
the, the, the black dude, Lawrence, are they're getting high and drunk. Gemma's drunk and, and high. Gemma's not back. So and the chick is like dancing all sexy like, right? <laughs> yep. She's doing her little she's doing her little, you know, dance and uh he goes he's got a shot that Lawrence poured for him and lit on fire. He gets up and he goes over to her and says something, you know, she says to him, you forget how to drink that because you just blow and she blows the fire out of the top of the shot glass and he goes and suck and he goes you're really good at that and puts it to his lips and because it was on fire it burns his lips he freaks out breaks this chair trey comes out starts freaking out because that's his daddy's chair and you've been chewy's like i could fix it i could fix it just give me some tools and lawrence is backing him up like yeah he could fix it man he could fix it and he goes all right and he sends him out to the shed to get the tools and then he ends up exploring the shed for a little bit and stumbles across some old-ass wine and uh, chugs the shit out of that. Yeah. No, the, my favorite line was when he walked in there. He's like, Jesus, this is a garage? Poor people call this no, a he's... house. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor people called this a house. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, not wrong there. But uh, he ends up he ends up uh, breaking the lights he, while playing finds, hockey. Yeah, he finds a hockey stick. <laughs> and he that starts. was another good. That was another good line for me. Was when like Jason appears after that and is standing right behind him. He's just like, uh, uh, "You, you want this? It completes your outfit." <laughs> <laughs> Try to hit him a hockey stick right before taking a screwdriver to the throat. Right. So that, yeah, so he's, that, that whole thing happens. And that's when they go, that's when you go back to the house, they go back to the house and Trent is trying to now hook up with this. Oh, other no, he's team. not trying. He's, he's full on scoring at this point. Oh yeah. Well, cause that's after the whole debacle with the chair, they, they bring him back to the, he brings Bree back to the room. Bree's the name of the, the girl there. Yeah. And she, they pretty much start fucking. And he calls her tits was stupendous. Oh, God. <laughs> this goes back to what we were talking about. Who <laughs> the fuck wrote the dialogue for these kids? What fucking college kid is going to look at a girl's boobs and be like, they are stupendous? And then, and like, while they're screwing, like, he's like, your nipple placement is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Who fucking wrote the dialogue? Yeah, this goddamn shit. That was the point where my wife's watching with me and she goes, who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. It was so but fucking again, stupid. But once again, intentionally drawing attention to the boobs. Like this movie was boob centric. Okay, fair. And I think <laughs> she was the last pair of boobs that we see in this movie. Correct. Because uh, shortly after they come out of the room, the power goes out, mm -hmm. and Lawrence. No, well, no hold up, hold up. We got to back up. Right before Clay and Gemma get back, Lawrence is left alone in the room. He hears oh. them banging in the fucking back, so he feels left out. He's already smoked out of his mind. So he ends up pulling out the box of tissues and 
pulls out whatever magazine that they had laid on the counter and it ended up being a Sears winter catalog. And he was just like, of course it is. And he finds like the most random fucking picture. He's like, no swimsuits. And he's like, Oh, this will have to do. And it's like this, this chicken, like a a light sweater. Turtleneck. Turtleneck. Right. And you can see a little bit of nipple. Once again, boob centric. Right. (laughs) I didn't look at that. I didn't even notice that. Well, at this point, I was like looking for it everywhere. I'm like, there's gonna be, <laughs> but he goes, he looks at it, and goes, "You'll have to do." <laughs> I'm about to ruin your perfectly good day, lady. <laughs> and then he turns around. <laughs> he turns around and sees the fucking deer head just staring at him. So he like turns right. around, like he turns his he body around, the- but his legs and shit are still like facing the deer. But he moves the box of tissues from the like the table to the couch at this point and like turns his whole body around like like he's he's, he's ready to, he's ready to go. Oh, he's ready to beat that shit like an owed of money. <laughs> <laughs> so then they come in and like yeah, they, they start they start freaking out talking about some, <laughs> so we found a, there's a dead body out there in the woods. Are you guys fucking with me right now? Because I'm high. Because yeah. I gotta say that's not cool. Because I just finished smoking. <laughs> and then when they walk away, I don't know if you caught it. When they walk away from trying to go get Trent and uh and Bree, like he's left there and he immediately like throws the tissues in the magazine behind the couch <laughs> like he's trying to cover up that he was about to spank it. Total Scooby Doo style too, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like but I gotta give him credit because after the power goes out, he was not gonna let his boy be out there by himself and nope. you know. They they already said that there was a killer in the woods, and he was willing to go out there with a fucking frying pan as a shield. It's like a and, walk. <laughs> and and he went out there. I I'm not even I'm not even mad. Like dude went out there for him. I mean, yeah, his friend was already dead, but but he didn't know. I mean, that. he 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 still went out there for him. And yeah. you know, and things really start picking up at this point because this is when we're like death, 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 death. Because yeah. you know. He holds off his own against uh, Jason, stabs him in the leg and everything, uh, mm-hmm. and then makes it outside only to have, once again, running Jason, which is much different than the old Jason, because, dude, the way he burst out of that fucking garage and grabbed that axe, I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not fucking with This is the guy you don't want to fuck with. This is the guy that you're going to swim towards? Not. No. Nah. No. And then, like, he fucking just straight axed through this fucking, like, double-headed axe, just drilling Dude, like into the world, fucking... Like the, like the strongman competition, like, burly lumberjacks throw, like, two-handed and just, flam, right into the... Nailed him right in the back. Right in his back. And, you know, they were... Who was Was it Bree? Bree was wanting to go get him? Because Trent wasn't going to go out there, I no. don't think. Trent... Trent was was in there being Trent. Bree was like curled up in the corner screaming like I don't want to Oh no, it was Gemma that wanted to go get him. Clay is saying we can't go out there. It's a trap. He wants us to go out there. And Gemma's the one's like who's saying we gotta go help him, we gotta go help him. Meanwhile, you can hear Lawrence screaming in the in the background. Yeah. And, and then that, it's at is it at that point where the lights go out? No, the lights went out beforehand. That was why he was going out there because he didn't want him to be out there in the dark. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so you know, then Jason picks up Lawrence, and then 
turns him around and just pushes him to where the axe blade then like finishes him off by going through like through his back and out of his chest. It's, that was kind of brutal. That was kind of fucking yeah. savage. Like I said, this 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 movie had like some really good kill scenes. Really oh, yeah, good. Absolutely. Ones. And you know, I know a lot of people will probably disagree about the Rob Zombie remakes, but you know, they were just for shock value because quite frankly, the Rob Zombie Halloween was utter garbage. Um, Rob Zombie yeah. needs to stick to music. Hot trash. But Hot tra- you know then you start to really see how fast Jason really is because Trent goes to look outside and doesn't see anybody, but then it pans up and Jason is standing above him on the roof, just staring down at the window. Yeah. I want to know how the hell he got up there, man. Without anybody hearing him. That's the other thing. That's a big dude. And he like, he's like some Chris Angel shit and just like (laughs) levitated himself up there. Like what the fuck? And then, you know, so he goes upstairs gets his gun uh, Bree goes and hides in the fucking bathroom, which was a big mistake because the bathroom window was open and she decided to stay in there anyways. Um, Jason and, te- and technically Jason's already on the second level there because he's on the roof yeah. above the above the 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 porch. Yeah, and Jason ends up like sneaking up behind her once again. Big motherfucker, have no idea how no one heard him coming. Uh, sneaks up on her and then impales her on a what looked to be like a deer antler coat rack in the bathroom. Right. Yeah, and it, they were small though. It was like you remember the jackalope? That's what I thought. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, was that was that like a jackalope? Head? What was that? It was like these little antlers that were like just close enough, like you said, it was probably made to be like a like a towel rack or something. And just get, impaled her ass right through there. But the funny thing is, is that if you if you think about it, right, these these other guys that are getting killed, like Lawrence has an axe in his back and he's still screaming for help, right? Breeze upstairs gets gets hung like, which is kind of an homage to uh, to Texas Chainsaw Massacre there because he she gets hung up there like they're meat hooks. Oh yeah, well. The reason that she didn't scream was because he had pretty much already made her pass out right before him. Remember, he had her like choked out and had his hand over his her mouth and nose. So he pretty much uh, made her pass out and then stabbed her. Because uh, right. like, I saw that and as soon as like it goes through, like as soon as she gets hung up there, she's just like dead as a doornail. Like, like yeah. you figure you would figure there'd be a little bit of screaming and kicking and whatever, but now just I'm done. Goodbye. So Trent I think, now. I think now <laughs> yeah trent now has a gun uh not like that's really going to do anything worth the fuck anyways and so they end up hearing her body drop to the floor and he ends up lighting up the door with like five rounds i'm like right. you're really gonna burn your ammo up for a fucking noise unless he's actually out there coming at you i'd, I'd say save that shit uh, right but he was shooting at like every noise that he heard. He like shot in one direction, and shot in another, and then that happened. And she, he starts shooting. He tries to open a door, and her body's blocking the door. He finally gets it open enough and looks, and like he clearly shot her. Clearly, yeah. he had shot but, her. So right? he has no but idea whether or not it was her or him. She was already dead. 
but still he had clearly shot her and he like just as testament to how much of an asshole this guy is instead of like checking to make sure like she's dead or whatever or like maybe she's okay he just pops his head back out from uh, around the, the the door he goes he got he got brie he got brie let's go like like knowing damn well like i probably finished her off if she wasn't already dead because he oh, had that look we did miss one death we skipped one right before all that happened while he was upstairs the cop came to the door oh that's right that's the, right the the fireplace poker right through the back of no yeah was it, yeah, right through the back of the head and then gouged the, how the eyeball. And the eyeball ended up coming through the door. Yeah, a solid oak door. And the eyeball was perfectly intact on the end of that fucking poker sticking on the other side of the door. Like, <laughs> it went through the door and stayed perfectly round. Like, nah, I don't think that's how that works, Chief. But... Yeah, the softest oh, well. part. Uh, at at this point, at this point, I'm st- I'm back into Friday the Thirteenth mode, and I'm just like, okay, well, I can expect some cheese coming on here. Uh, then we yeah. get you know, pan pan back to them, you know, finding Bree's body, and then they run out the door, try to take the cop car, only to have Jason throw Bree's body on the fucking car, and Trent oh, yeah. scream like a little girl. Yeah. That, that, oh that, my that. god. A high pitch. Uh, as soon as I heard that, that was just like that. That is awesome because, like, you want you want to see this guy have shortcomings. <laughs> and the fact Unintended. That he got, well, yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but to hear him scream that high pitched scream was just kind of like, it, yes, it was campy. Yes, it was funny, but it was perfect. You know, oh, it, it, was like, it, it defined him. It defined him it, perfectly. And. and, and it was a good spot to have that happen as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so he's like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. So they're trying to tell him to come with him to the camp. He's like, fuck that. He's trying to get her to go with him, but she's sticking with clay because clay probably knows a little bit more about how to handle this kind of shit, quite frankly. So they separate at which point he makes it to the road where we see our second Texas Chainsaw Massacre cameo, the old man who is driving a tow truck. And you know, obviously, yes, he's weary about the fact that, you know, who's driving the truck. So he creeps up on him. And then all of a sudden, Jason's standing right behind him. And the old man sees Jason and gets ready to take off, but not before Jason stabs him with a machete and then throws him on the spikes on the back of the tow truck, making Trent's body drag down the street by this tow truck. What a way to go. Perfect. It's like, and, and I don't think anybody felt sorry for him at that point. Oh, dude, I was, I actually, I actually cheered. I was like, well, fucking good. Right. Like, so you I finally got it. Yeah. You I felt like, it. uh, I felt like everybody, when they watched that, the latest Texas chainsaw, the the one 3D that had uh oh shit uh oh oh fuck uh had a Drake or somebody and it. it had an R and B singer in it mm, I don't remember it was the one where you found out that uh that chick was his cousin or something yeah 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 I one. know what one you're talking about I can't remember who it was either. 
where our, towards our the end of the movie our, you actually rooted for you yes. know Leatherface to pull that shit off. I was rooting for Jason to fuck his world up. Yeah, we we've just had our horror cards revoked because we don't know what R and B singer was in that movie. Uh no, I'm pretty sure not. I'm pretty sure we're still safe. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> we don't know the name of one person who starred in one horror movie that has well, never st- I, that we don't listen to his type of music. So our our R and B cards have just been revoked. I never had an R and B card. Me neither, but it's been revoked anyhow, so I can't even apply. I can tell you about 90s hip-hop all day long. You tell me about some R&B or rap that's going on these day and age, I couldn't tell you jack shit. Nope. <laughs> I'm out the loop. Not 90s was where it was at, you know. But that's for another that's for another episode. But uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a totally 90s episode. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that'll, probably, that'll probably be on Legendary Geek Outs. I do oh, still yeah. want it. I still I still want to have uh uh you and Chris on for a music discussion at some point. Oh, okay. But oh, yeah. uh Clay and Gemma back to the story, Clay and Gemma make it back to the camp and they find the tunnel of the, the little hatch that takes them under the camp. Mm-hmm. This is where Clay and Whitney are reunited and you know they go about you know now breaking her now free. This, now this is the part where my question from earlier, after you had said that place has to smell completely rank, right? Now just past where where Jason was keeping Whitney, right, all chained up, is where he dumped the bodies. Just past, yes. it, right? Where the hell are all the damn bugs? There's got to be like, there's got to be flies and friggin and maggots and where there's flies and maggots there's spiders like there was like it was just dirt there was no bugs i didn't see a single fly go by there with all those dead bodies back there man that place had to be completely and totally infested call terminex because that place needed extermination i mean like (laughs) not that i need all that realism i was just thinking about it i was like you know if there's all those dead bodies there there's got to be like there's got to be something going on. Hollywood right? magic. Hollywood magic. I wanted to see at least one fly. If I got one fly, I would have been happy. It didn't even have to be uh, Jeff Goldblum either. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I haven't seen that shit in forever. <laughs> I, almost, I almost wanted to watch They Live yesterday just because, you know, yesterday was the uh, birthday for They Live. Oh yeah, 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 John. I saw, I saw a, a post from uh, John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, and, that's a, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Oh, that movie had so many fucking good lines. Especially that's where you get that I came to kick ass and chew bubble gum, but I'm all out of bubble gum. Yep, best thing ever. And a lot of people wear these, uh, these, these T-shirts nowadays that have obey on them, and they don't realize that what that's from is from that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that artwork came from that, like the idea for that art came from that movie. Yeah, that was all the subliminal, uh, the sign, all the subliminal signs in that movie. But, uh, that was a great movie. You know, they, but, uh, I know that they break Whitney out. Jason's now chasing after him through a tunnel system that he knows, and somehow everybody else knows. They're just like, follow the path, eventually we'll get out of here, but it's like a tunnel system. <laughs> and they come out into a bus. 
And yeah, that's pretty clever. I I, I kind of I kind of felt bad because this is where we say bye bye to uh, Gemma Danielle Panabaker, uh, who tries to escape, only to get pierced right through the chest with the fucking machete. Mm. And you know, I, I I will say she's definitely one of the the ones that you're rooting for to get out of there. Like so, the see in in. True, true to form in any good horror movie. Somebody that you want to see live dies. Yeah, and she makes it almost, almost there to the end, and just takes it right, right, right through the back out, out the chest with the machete. So, yeah, it's uh, it's like they almost played it perfectly too, because they kind of foreshadowed that that was going to happen. Because oh, now Clay's got a sister. Jason's not going to kill the sister, but somebody still has to die. And I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not going to be Clay because you got to have a, you got to keep it fair. You got to have one guy and one girl survive the end of the movie. Well, Clay has died so many times already. And his brother Dean is just waiting. Oh, for Jesus him. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm about, to, I'm about to ruin so many people's opinions of me <laughs> about being a horror fan. I have only watched three seasons of Supernatural and I did not care for it. Listen, my son is such a horror, horror uh, wimp that when he started watching Supernatural, I was like all for it. I'm like, okay, if this has to be, if this has to be the catalyst, then so be it. And I ended up starting to watch it. And I have a penchant for religious horror. So when they started getting into like the whole demons and angels thing, I said, all right, I can hang with this. And yes, it's, it's, it's kind of corny and it's like a total like for lack of a better term you know a a a chick thing because you have two hot dudes who are brothers and badasses and i bought into it i'm like hell yeah (laughs) it's every teenage girl's dream show that's fine but yeah jared Jared padalaki definitely played this role really well for for a horror movie just like uh uh Jensen Eccles played a really good killer in the remake of My Bloody Valentine. Even yeah. though the movie was still hot garbage, he didn't do too bad. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I could agree with that entire statement. <laughs> but, uh, but, so now we've made it out of the bus and back to, if I'm not mistaken, we're back to the place where the, the yokel was. Well, hold on. Uh, she gets it she gets it through the chest right they come out to the bus they have to break through the bottom of it or they have to they get into the bottom of it the 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 door is because the bus is on its side so the door is above them and it's get it's getting stuck um uh, clay gets up there and jason's up there behind him and beats the crap out of him puts his head through a couple of the windows right oh yeah 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 so then he jumps does he jump down he jumps down and they start fighting between uh, Whitney and Jason. And I forget exactly how they get Jason away from her. But eventually Clay comes too and grabs Whitney and brings her up to the top of the bus. And then they take off. There is a little exchange there. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I, that I thought was kind of strange is like, Normally, Jason's all about, you know, stab, 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 stab. Why the hell did he decide to pick a fist fight at that particular moment instead of just stab? 
because you know he wasn't meant to die. <laughs> well, we're about to find that part out too, because uh, they make it back to the yokel's place, and you know they have the big barn and all this and that shit. So once again, Jason and Clay are back to fighting again, and Jason tries to shove Clay's head in a wood chipper, which is where we come back to what you were talking about earlier about the the locket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Uh, and and as as Jason is pushing Clay's head into the wood chipper, chipper, Whitney, with locket in hand, you know, calls Jason, and Jason turns around and is you know mesmerized by said locket, and gives her the mommy look again. Gives gives her the mommy look. Starts tell, and she starts to tell him, you know, Jason, you don't have to do this anymore, you know, what have you. Clay comes to, and he grabs. A bear trap mm-hmm. that is on a chain, and he he. I thought he was going to slam him in the head with the bear trap. I would have been, been awesome. That's what I would have done. But instead, he gets him like like just but like below the shoulder, like yeah. into his neck, and then wraps the chain around his neck. And, and as then... go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, so wraps the chain around his neck, and. At that point, is the is the chain in the wood chipper? Or no. Throw it? At first, no, it was still hanging when they wrapped it around him. So they took the she took the other end of the chain and threw it in the wood chipper, where it go. caused his body to rise up and start trying to be hanged. But this big son of a bitch is so heavy that he broke the rafters and came down, and then tried to go after her. But the chain came just short and was starting to pull him into the wood chipper. Right. So she's so uh, so as he's getting closer and closer to the wood chipper, she picks up the machete and runs it right through through him in the chest and says, "Say hi to mommy in hell." Yes. And, and he starts going backwards into the wood chipper, and he stops just short of the wood chipper. Right, and his head's kind of bobbing. Yeah, it almost looked like the blades were just like because the chains had priority. The the blades had already been broken by the chain. He was pretty much just being thumped in the back of the head by like nulled out fucking pieces of metal. Right, and then they kind of close in, clo- do a close up on the mask with the eyes, kind of like doing the dead, the dead eye look again. Right <laughs> through the mask. Right, so. That then the that that scene ends and then the dumbest shit on the face of the planet happens after this. No, 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 no. You can't in in fairness say that it's the dumbest shit. You can say that it's the oldest shit because this exact scene that you're getting ready to bring up happens in every goddamn movie that Jason right. is in. And it's the dumbest shit. <laughs> in every Friday the 13th movie. And I'm going to explain to you why right now. All right? So they bring him back to the dock, right? They push his body into the water, and he slowly starts to drown or or uh, fall to the bottom. And they take the locket, and they throw it in the water. Okay, so what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Exactly what fucking happens. They're all honky-dory. We, we defeated him. We're going to sit on this dock, and we're about to go. And we're going to hug, and we're going to... And then Jason comes through the goddamn fucking dock and grabs the chick, right? And then cut okay. the credits. Then we cut the credits, right? Okay, let me explain. Here you have 
what this this giant undead killing machine right nobody knows how to stop this motherfucker but the origin story is is that he drowns in this lake right but he comes back from this lake and then when he gets killed you throw him back in the fucking resurrection lake give me a break why would you do that <laughs> i never like, even, just asking, just I never even to thought about back. that shit it's like it's like from from the 70s on they keep throwing him back in the lake right even in jay freddy versus jason he gets chained by the neck and thrown to the bottom of the lake which also happens in another in, an, in another one too where they they i thought freddy versus jason uh he came back stabbed uh freddy through Freddie, right, with right, his right. hand and then just fell into the water right that's right but there's another there's another one where he they they make him afraid of the water that was Jason. That was, like, uh, that was Freddy versus. Wait, no, that was. Uh, they did it in Freddy versus Jason. They they made it right. That's somehow he's that. afraid of the water. But I remember Jason takes Manhattan when they were in the sewers and the water started flooding in, but the people made it out, and all of a sudden they look back in the sewer and he's like in fetal position, cowering while the water right. rushes over him. Clearly, clearly this particular lake right has the power to bring this motherfucker back even in part six he was dead when they dug him up he was dead it wasn't until they stabbed him with a fucking rod iron and it hit, got struck by lightning and brought him back right oh god right right so you know dr frankenstein the shit out of him and he came back to life but that's the only exception every other fucking time <laughs> He comes back to life because he's in that goddamn lake. Stop putting him in the fucking lake. Uh, <laughs> see, I was one of the ones that, you know, I watched the Jason movies growing up. Um, just for the fact that it was sheer cheesy campiness. There was nothing serious. I mean, for Christ's sake, you have a fucking, I think it was Friday the 13th 4, where the military guy was in the field and like, he goes to swing the machete and Jason grabs it. And then he like, all you see is him like jerk real quick. And you see the military guy fly as fast as he can and smash his face into a tree only to right. fall to the side. And now there's a smiley face with blood <laughs> on it. Whereas I'm like, what the fuck? Like who writes this shit? Right. But that's my theory. Camp Crystal Lake should be renamed and called Resurrection Lake. Uh, they definitely need to rename it something because yeah, you know, whenever you throw that motherfucker in there, he comes back every time, every time <laughs> without lightning. But, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's the end of, uh, the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th at on, on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate this movie in particular? Solid eight. Okay, I, I I would say a seven and a half, just okay. because. Uh, yeah, I say a seven and a half because it was it was a whole lot scarier than any of the originals were, but they definitely kept a majority of the tropes that were in. I all say, the originals. I say I give it an eight because you it it paid its homage it. it kind of gives you the story one through three chop it's choppy 
but they give you the story and it worked out. But you had all the tropes, you had all of the the classic kind of kill scenes with a twist. The kill scenes in this one were really good. You kind of you kind of get sucked into it a little bit. And I hate Michael Bay. Michael Bay is the ruiner of childhoods. I can't stand the motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael Bay, for your Ninja Turtles. Fuck you, Michael Bay, for your Transformers. You've ruined my childhood. Good day to you, sir. But I will give him credit for this one because although all those things would give him a seven and a half, you forgot one thing. Boobs. Oh, shit. Bumps you up to an eight. <laughs> yeah, not for me. Not for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good lines, with uh, with lines like "You have perfect nipple placement." I have to give it an okay, eight. Okay, I'll give you an eight for the <laughs> dialogue for this fucking movie alone because it was so goddamn stupid that it was actually fucking good. Right. So when you make my wife go, "Who writes this shit?" You get an eight. It's an eight. <laughs> Well, that so. concludes the end of uh, the first official episode of the podcast from Haunted Hill. Uh, Crumbs, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Tell them about your uh, show and everything. I uh, I have a very slow-moving podcast right now uh, called Crumbs of Gotham. Uh, you can check that out. It's on it's on Spotify. It's on. Uh, it just got released on on the Google platforms now. Uh, still working on Apple, but we'll get there. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Crumbs of the Dead. And that's where I post all of my my toys and pops and comic book cover arts, usually virgin covers or foil special edition stuff that I got. And uh, if you have anything that you want to say to me, whether it be good or bad, you can email me at crumbsofgotham at gmail.com. And you can find this show on Twitter and Instagram at Haunted Hill Pod. And if you guys have any uh, movie recommendations that you'd like for us either to praise or rip apart, you know, feel free to send them to send them to uh, Haunted Hill Pod on Twitter, and we'll see what we can make happen. I know that uh, I've already got the next next lineup. Uh, I think I'm getting you and Chris to come on to do a Thanksgiving special to discuss. Oh God! Thanks, killing. Thanks killing. <laughs> oh God! I'm gonna have so much fun with that fucking movie, dude. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna make sure that I watch it at least three times before we come on for that. It's gonna be awesome. Oh God! <laughs> it's gonna be great. Talk, talk about great kill scenes, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I thank you guys for tuning in, and I will catch you on the next episode. Until next time, stay creepy. Hell yeah.